Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Today, we are going to talk about the construction industry from a marketing perspective. Sarah Noel Block is a marketing strategist, content creator, and speaker specializing in the construction industry. Her company is Tiny Marketing, and their focus is in helping tiny teams achieve big results. She's created an award-winning content platform and had features in Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, and Thrive, among others. Some of the businesses she has worked with include Apartments.com and Prudential, although her heart is with the tiny teams she specializes in. She is the creator of the Strategic Spark Workshop, the Strategic Story, and Tiny Marketing Framework. Welcome to the Hazard Girls Podcast, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's fun talking to some another woman in construction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we found each other through the Construction Professionals Network on LinkedIn. We're both adjacent to the industry, my company <laughs> being Juno Jones, making stylish safety boots, and your company specializing in the whole marketing end of things. But I love how the two of us can come together and discuss ways to serve the industry that we love so much. Yes, I... It's nice that we finally have some fashionable shoes. I've been on so many construction sites with my ugly hard hat and hideous everything, having to take photos and videos for content creation. And yeah. now I know there's a cute boot I can get. <laughs> well, I know your background is in communications. So how did you come to start working with the construction industry in the first place? I fell into it probably like everybody else. I My first job out of college was in building materials. So uh, I was always deeply in like working, selling to facility managers, facility engineers, construction managers to get our building products within the building. But um, after that, I was working with several construction companies doing the actual work ground up and facility maintenance. So it's just always been something I'm comfortable with. And my dad was a maintenance man. So I grew uh -huh. up with that anyway. I love that. So many of the women I speak to on for the podcast tell me about their dad's job and how it was somewhere in the construction realm of things. And, you know, those, a lot of those industries that um, weren't so open to women, but are starting to open up now and how their dads have introduced them to the industry and made them feel comfortable. Yeah, I think that's really what it was all about is I never felt uh, apart from it. It was always something that was so familiar to me because it was always going on. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you began working um, in the construction industry in sales then, is that correct? No, I've always been in marketing, okay. but I mean, in my world, marketing is, is selling. I, my job is to sell with content with our website. So that's what I mean when I say I'm selling to you. 
Well, okay, let's let's walk a little bit through your career journey then. You explained um, you were working, it was normal for you to be around that kind of environment and you were working in those industries, but how how did you come to the point where you realized that you wanted to branch out on your own? Ooh, that is a good question. So that, I, okay, we'll start from the very beginning. Okay. Um, <laughs> the origin story. Yeah. Um, recession. It was the recession and I lost my job and um, what, that was like 2008. And I realized I never wanted one stream of income again. So I found another job, but I freelanced on the side and I would pretty much do anything. Um, I was building websites for people. I was doing marketing, consulting, freelance writing. And I did that all the way up. Always had freelance gigs going on the side until 2020 when um, my kids went into virtual school and I had enough clients to make up my salary already. So I said, this is my yeah. time. I'm going to jump. So September 2020, I took tiny marketing full time and um, it's been amazing. I yeah, no regrets. I love how you you had a job, but you started building up your freelance on the side. And maybe did you have the intention that you were going to eventually branch out on your own, or was it just sort of that you had all that freelance work and it kind of dawned on you, wait, do I even need another job? Yeah, it was always something that was in the back of my mind, like. I could just rely on myself. I don't need to work for the man if I want to. So mm -hmm. it gave me like comfort mm -hmm. to have all of that, but I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go. And um, yeah, when I started working for a company that wanted me to work full-time in the office, I was like, ugh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so that's when it started percolating. Like maybe I'll just do this on my own. And your company is called Tiny Marketing. It's funny because when you hear the name Tiny Marketing, you don't, well, there's a juxtaposition, right? With the construction industry because the construction industry brings to mind like big buildings and yeah. big vehicles and, you know, just giant cinder blocks and cranes. And so Tiny Marketing, how did you come up with the name? Tiny Teams. Yeah. I have always either been part of a tiny team or supported them. And it's mm -hmm. a whole different world than working with these big, like you mentioned, Prudential. They are international. They have multiple marketing departments. It's a different world than that. And the construction industry, almost always, marketing is the last hire. Mm -hmm. I, one of my clients has been around since the 1800s. I have been their only marketing hire and I've been working with them for three years now. Wow. They're always the last ones and it's <laughs> almost always a one person marketing department. So yeah. you need to be really streamlined and efficient with the strategies that you do. So they work with the little resources that you're given. Yeah. And is that how you came up with your framework and that, that you use? Yes. In your work? Why don't you yes. tell us about so the tiny marketing framework I came up with when I was working for a construction company, it had, well, it was a group and it had seven companies within that group, but I was the only marketer for all seven. So I had seven precedents. Wait, wait. Had, I, you, yeah, I have to stop you. What do you mean? There were seven companies and you were the only marketer. So you were actually a marketer. You were the marketing person for seven different companies simultaneously. Yes. Yes, they were all part how, of. How did you handle that? 
a single construction group. That's why okay. I came up with this framework. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's seven different presidents, different goals. A lot of them were even going after different target accounts. So mm -hmm. I was really overwhelmed, obviously. I'm just yeah. sitting in my cubicle, like Roy rocking back and forth. <laughs> when I just like sat down, I was like, there's a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. Let's streamline this. I don't have to do everything for everyone. So I started having stakeholder meetings where we would gather all of the information at one time. And I would uh, build streamlined marketing plans that I was able to do with the resources I had in-house. And I batched them. So I would set up intensives for each company where I would do all of their marketing for that quarter during that two week intensive and schedule it all out for them. So I was able to do everything for everyone. And then the framework itself is the first step is streamline, but then mm -hmm. systematize. So I created templates for anything that could be templated. I used project management systems where any freelancers I was working with, I could automatically assign them. They would have everything. They could give it to me right in that project management tool. Mm -hmm. So systematized everything I could. And then automate anywhere there could be a zap or a connection that would connect my tools or their the president's request to, to me, I did it. So automate and use AI wherever I could and then outsource what I could. So I had a few freelance writers that I was able to bring on and um, then I, I just put them within that system and that's the four-step system that made it so much easier for me to be able to do that. And through that system, I was able to build them an award-winning blog that got them ranking for every keyword they wanted. Okay. So for someone who isn't super familiar with marketing and how it works um, in this day and age, can you kind of give us an example of maybe a project that you were assigned that you put through this system and how it, how it worked its way through the system? Yeah, so they wanted to, well, I'll go a little bit with the example I was using. They wanted mm -hmm. to rank for certain, like one of the companies wanted to rank for certain keywords. So mm -hmm. because they were experiencing where they would go into these proposals and they're like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and that's like the worst thing when you're in a sales mm -hmm. meeting and you're like, why should I trust you? I don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So I built them out a content strategy that got us ranking in those keywords so i built the content strategy that's the streamline element to it and then i um systematized it so i set up a cadence that we were going to do that and i assigned freelancers the delegate part of it but put them in my project management tool and then we had a automation set up so the content was automatically imported into our blog and then we had a repurposing system that was templatized. So we knew exactly what we needed to do to get the most juice out of that content, turn it into a social media post, turn it into emails. But all of that was super systematized. And a lot of it was done for me because I set that system up ahead of time. And that's how we ended up winning that award for, it was best SEO for a construction blog. That's amazing. Congratulations. So the award was for the work that you did, um, or was it for the system itself? It was for the work that I did. 
And it was that, but that was because of this. Yeah. The, without the system, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do that. Right. 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 <laughs> it, it was, was only me and two <laughs> freelance <laughs> writers. That's, that's, that's incredible. All right. So the system itself, um, is it all automated AI or how does, I'm just trying to understand how it works its way through this, the actual yeah. program. <laughs> so at the time AI didn't exist. Now, when I'm implementing this system for my clients, I include AI in it. But at the time, it was using Zapier to connect my different systems to be able to import a certain Google Doc into Squarespace and to create those templates in Trello. We were using Trello for project management uh -huh. that would automatically assign those tasks to the freelancers with due dates available and they could put it right in there. So the, those were some of the ways that I connected the dots, but Zapier was a huge one for me. Um, marketing automation platforms, like we were using Pardot there. And um, yeah, being able to automate whenever we could and making sure the emails and everything was going out for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we used Meet Edgar too for social media automation. What is so it called? It was Meet Edgar we used. Mm. Um, now I use SmarterQ. There's like a thousand different social media automations now, but we used all of that so I could batch it and do it all during a set period of time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when the inevitable task would come up from a president, like, hey, we're trying to target this account. We're putting together a proposal. I need you to do an account-based marketing campaign for this because I batched everything for the whole quarter at once. I'm able to take that time and do that now. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So, and then, so obviously this was very well received, just award winning. Um, and how have you been able to scale that? Well, now I use it for all, all of my clients, absolutely yeah. every single one. So I've changed the tools and things have changed since then. That was huh. a while ago. Like now AI is huge. So yeah automation and AI go hand in hand. So I make sure to use AI to efficiently repurpose any of the content that we're creating and help us make smarter decisions when uh -huh. it comes to marketing. But yeah, that's how I've scaled it. Now I use teamwork for project management, which is a lot easier and more robust. Than Trello? Um, yeah, yeah, than Trello. And um, I also recommend HubSpot a lot of the times because all of everything is connected in there. You have a whole marketing tech stack within one platform. So that makes it a lot easier. So those are just some ways I've scaled it is how do we make this even easier? Yeah. Okay. So in our audience, as we, we discussed this before the show, a lot of our audience, obviously women in construction, they, they found us through maybe Juno Jones boots or Googling about women in construction and they they're, they're listening to the Hazard Girls podcast because they work in construction or manufacturing, something similar. Many of them may be running their own businesses and they're hearing you explain this system um, and they're, they're saying to themselves, well, you know, I do a lot of my own social media or it's just not getting done. Um, how, so how can they apply your system or do they, do they come to you and say, Sarah, let's talk how, you know, how can we work together? So how does it work generally? Yeah. So I have, I have my own podcast, the tiny marketing show, and 
a lot of my audience are solo entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and how they generally do it or what I teach them to do is start with your ideal customer avatar. Who is it that you're selling and that one core offer of what you're selling and start there. And then you can build out your messaging pillars. So you're talking, you become known for that one thing and you don't have to be online doing social media all the time. If you want traction, just pick a schedule and stick to it. So like just pick Mondays. I'm going to post on LinkedIn because that is where my target audience hangs out. And this is the topic that I want to be known for. So I'm going to do that. Stick to that, do the bare minimum, and you're going to go far eventually. It will take a minute, but eventually people are going to take notice. And if you feel like you're screaming into the void, the wrong people are viewing your posts or you're not getting any engagement, start engaging on there. Make sure that you're building relationships on social media. The reason it's called social media is because it's social. You need Uh to build those relationships. And I think that's the reason that I've gained so much traction on LinkedIn is because I genuinely want to be friends with the people that I meet. I have a meeting on Monday with a couple of girls that I met on LinkedIn. Yeah. I love LinkedIn. <laughs> Me too. LinkedIn nerd. <laughs> it's, it's such a great place. It's like, it's like you find your people and there they are. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've met so many great people on there that have become real life friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now what about these same women who are listening to the podcast right now? They've got their own business or maybe, you know, maybe they're project managers in the construction industry. Um, and do they even need to be worrying about marketing? Do they need to be worrying about marketing themselves? Personal branding? Personal branding matters. Um, okay. Yeah. So two, two different directions I'm going in here. So okay. personal branding is so essential. That's the reason I was able to build my business so quickly. Like people who watched the process happening, they're like, well, how the heck did you do that? You were working for Chicago faucets two minutes ago, and now you have a six-figure business. Well, it was personal branding, and (laughs) it was freelancing on the side for a decade. It was not overnight. Right. But building that personal brand and becoming known for that person as that person who specialized in small marketing departments made it so much easier. So when you're looking for your next thing, it'll be a lot easier. And it's almost like, it is almost like marketing yourself. As said at the top of the conversation, I equate marketing to selling without having that direct conversation. You're selling through marketing. Yeah. Um, You're shortening that sales cycle by building your personal brand when it comes to looking for a new job. Because like once my personal brand was established, when I was still working corporate, it was an easy yes from employers when they started following. They're like, she knows what she's talking about. Like these people are following her. These are the topics she talks about. I I trust her that no like trust factor is there. So personal branding matters a lot for that. Now, the other direction I want to go with this is it also matters for your company Mm -hmm. because I am constantly touting the importance of highlighting your subject matter experts 
and allowing them to show their expertise because that will also shorten the sales cycle for your business because those customer facing employees make a big impact for your sales and help with building that trust between the brand and the customer. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they can be great content creators. Mm. When you're when you pull in your subject matter experts as your content creators, they um well one if you have a small marketing department, it's gonna work so much easier for you because you have all these people who are now creators for you. And two, when your salesperson, for example, is reaching out to someone for a meeting, they already know them because they've been talking about this topic and you're connected to the brand. So it makes it a lot easier to get that yes for that sales call. Yeah, I love how you took that in two different directions. I kind of want to dissect, I think we have enough time. I kind of want to dissect each one a tiny bit further. So if you, if we're, if we're talking about your personal branding and as a project manager, you know, you're, you want to build that personal brand. Let's start with that. What is the number one thing you would say that you need to do to really promote your own personal brand for your own career. And I know that also benefits your employer. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, let's talk about just uh, doing it for your own career. Yeah, so two ways, teaching and storytelling. So teach people as you're learning, like as you learn mm -hmm. something new, teach them about the thing that improved your life when it comes to project management, for example, the more you teach people, the more they trust you. They apply it and they're like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then storytelling. Anytime that you can tell a story about something that happened in your life and how it applies to project management, for example, that will get people to connect. People connect over stories and personal experiences. Yeah. Anytime you can pull that in, it's I always get so much more engagement on posts where I'm actually telling a life story that happened to me. And do you have to, does it have to be perfect? Do you have to have like your hair perfect and you have to have like the lighting? No. <laughs> okay. That's, so what, what does it have? What's okay? Can I you just think you kind of just show up the way you are. Yeah. Okay. Show up the way you are. I think that the perfectness that people were used to a few years ago, Nobody likes that anymore. It, mm -hmm. It's like, I was talking to someone the other day, the TikTokification of content where they like the raw version of you. They like the authentic version of you. And the more yeah. real you can be, the more you can feel comfortable in your flaws, the more mm -hmm. comfortable people feel with you. And does that translate into the cold LinkedIn world where it's professional? <laughs> yeah, I find that the more raw I am on LinkedIn, the more engaged my posts are. If I tell someone about some way that I messed up and what I learned from it, everybody's talking about it. <laughs> they all want to know more. People let people do relate to vulnerabilities. So if, admitting when something didn't go quite right, maybe how you handled it, that appeals to people. Yeah, that appeals to people. It appeals to people when you're you just tell about like explain how you're not perfect <laughs> like what are ways that you really screwed up in the past and how did that change the way you work now it humanizes you it makes you yes people like humans 
Yeah. I swear the weirder I am, the more people like me. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) So, okay. So then, then that's personal branding and that's how we can help promote ourselves and our own careers and our own jobs. And you also mentioned that when an employee is a good personal brander, um, that can help the company and the company can go to their employees and say, Hey, uh, why don't you be our content, one of our content creators? We're going to use your experiences to educate our audience. So what is, how can a company determine who would be a good candidate of their employees for this? Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm flying out to San Diego in a couple of weeks to do a workshop with a company, a construction Mm -hmm. company, actually, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, to help them do this. So what we're doing is we're figuring out what you're, your zone of genius is each of those subject matter experts. What do you feel comfortable in? Maybe you're really gifted at writing. Maybe you're uncomfortable altogether with content creation and you just want to be the person who's being quoted, being interviewed. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're comfortable and you're really charismatic. So you could do video or podcasting. So we identify what their unique gift is. And then we go from there. We create a content strategy around that. But the first thing that we do is identify subject matter experts. And then we identify from there, we have that pool. From Mm -hmm. there, we identify what they'd feel comfortable with in creation. And then we Mm -hmm. build the strategy from there. Because if you're trying to put a a circle person into a square strategy, it's not going to work. If if you want Mm -hmm. someone to do video because they're really smart and they know what they're doing, if they feel really uncomfortable, that's going to come across in the video. You need to be able to use them the way they feel comfortable. So my next question was about what content you choose when you're focusing in the construction industry. What, what do you focus on? And is it just what the subject matter expertise is of the person? Or are you actually, are there certain areas of content that really you find to be effective? Yeah, so I have tested all types of content with my with my clients and blogging surprisingly is still doing the best with the construction industry can you explain blogging what is that oh blogging writing articles oh, blogging. i think yeah said blogging. okay blogging got it okay. yeah that has been that has great had the greatest impact on sales directly so i've been doing a lot of that with them but I love short form video too with construction, being able to like the TikTok shorts, reels type of content in construction is really interesting. And I've been testing that out with one of my construction clients and it's been doing really well. Oh, interesting. So TikTok is actually doing really well with construction. Is that what you're referring to? These are TikTok videos? I'm referring to verticals. I'm mm-hmm. not saying construction wouldn't do well on that. We just haven't yeah. tested it yet. We're testing okay. it on shorts. Okay. Yeah. Similar. Okay. Interesting. So with, I think we have time to just delve into one more topic here, which is tiny budgets um, yes. because your company is, is about small teams. What about when a company doesn't have a huge marketing budget? What if they barely have a marketing budget? Is there anything? Yeah, that happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what I'd recommend. I recommend you, 
if you have a tiny team and a tiny budget that you work with a strategist to build out the initial strategy for you so you have a good foundation for what you're doing. Even better if they can also help you build out those systems and then use your in-house resources for the rest, for the actual execution of it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say you utilize those subject matter experts, turn them into content creators and train them on how to build their personal brand on social media. So they are emphasizing the benefits of your business too. You can even gamify it, but using those internal resources as much as possible is the best way to do it. And then batching anything that you need to create consistent and scheduling it out ahead of time. So you can focus on the account-based marketing that works so well in construction because we're all going after target accounts and specific construction projects. So then you can focus your long-term energy on those projects. Yeah, that makes sense. So what did you mean about Gamify? So there are tools you can use to reward employees for sharing company posts or, um, posting on social media for X number of days in a row. And then you, they win an Amazon gift card or whatever, but there are (laughs) tools to be able to gamify that to help your employees want to build that personal brand. Yeah. A little incentive and it makes it fun too. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, tell us about your ebook they've got out. Yeah, so I have an ebook for service-based businesses to help you build your brand awareness. So it's um, it dives into how I did it, really. It's basically the playbook of how I built my personal brand and my reputation. So I have only ever gotten clients from inbound, people reaching out to me instead of outbound, and this is exactly how I did it. So you can download that. And um, yeah, I will have a page for you. You could go to saranoelblock.com slash hazard and you can download it. You can find where I'm hanging out. You can find the tiny marketing show and I'll, I'll throw in a little gifty for you on there. Oh, that's great. Well, where can our listeners find you? So that's the page they should go to, Sarah Noel Block. Yes, go to saranoelblock.com slash hazard and you can listen to my podcast, Tiny Marketing. Awesome. Well, Sarah Noel Block, marketing strategist for the construction industry with her company, Tiny Marketing. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us on the podcast today. Who knew construction marketing could be so much fun? <laughs> Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.